Have a dope day. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Welcome to the Truth of Power show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, VJR Nathan. And with us today is the co-host, Claire Benwinkle. Good morning. Rockaway Writers Workshop. And uh, Tony Georges. Hi, how you doing? Hey, so Tony, uh, we met at the... um, Meditation class like ten years ago, right? It has been that long. Yeah. I was trying. Actually, it might have been even longer because I'm thinking about it. And like, I've just been on Facebook now for ten years and two weeks, I think it is, or something ridiculous like that. And I'm looking at what was going on back then, and I think I already knew you at that point. Yeah, I think like, I remember I started with the meditation class just when I started Queens Library. So 2007, I started with Queens Library full time. Uh, right. So it might be yeah. 2007. Uh, and then I started going to class and we met there and, uh, we, uh, you know, some of the career questions you describe yourself as a, uh, uh, anarchist, atheist, Buddhist. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, a Buddhist, anarchist, atheist. I'm a few other things too, but you know, uh, a few yeah. other ists. Yeah. A yeah. few other ists. I try <laughs> yeah. to, like I said before, I try to stay away from isms because yeah. once you get into isms, that's when everything goes to hell. But, um, I try to be realistic about all of it. I, I, I'm Buddhist in the fact that all of the philosophies and all the symbolism works completely for me. I can fix myself, but I'm an atheist. I don't believe in gods or spirits or fairies or unicorns or any of that stuff. I mean, even the Buddhist concepts of, because people throw the reincarnation thing at me all the Mm. time. And you will know from the teachings we had together, I personally dislike the word reincarnation yeah because it literally means you know incarnate carne meaning meat (laughs) put back in the meat yeah Yeah. that's exactly what it is you know and and rebirth is what we always used and that because you can be born as anything philosophically you know or spiritually if you want to use that word but i actually try to stay away from that word because i'm not what i would call spiritual yeah. Music to me is the closest thing to what I define as spirituality. Yeah. But Buddhism works on every level and it's helped me control my own mind, which then can in turn help other people if I can control my own shit. I'm yeah. allowed to say yeah. that now. Yes, yeah. you are. You are. <laughs> uh, uh, I was saying I uh, have to censor myself sometimes for another radio show I'm on. So yeah. <laughs> I like this fucking shit. All right. Yeah. First time awesome. ever. Soraya, if you heard that, I'm allowed to say it. Uh, All right. I also like the re-becoming because it's like we're every every moment, every time, we're like dying and re-becoming. Exactly. You know? yeah. and, and I see rebirth as as more of a scientific point of view. I'm a yeah. science guy. I've always been a science guy, you know, and that's that is what drove me away from Christianity. I, I'm a confirmed Catholic, and I was always the, you know, Adam and Eve, that doesn't, you know, okay, well, shush, you know, yeah. I've got dinosaurs, uh, shush, you know. Yeah. I'm a confirmed Catholic. I'm an adult in the eyes of the Catholic Church. You must answer these questions for me now. They're like, you have to have blind faith. I was like, see ya. Yeah. And it took me years of looking at stuff before I found Buddhism. And I actually, I used to say to people, I'm not religious, I'm agnostic. And uh, I don't really care. But if somebody held a gun to my head and said you had to choose a religion, I'd either pick Buddhism or Wicca. Because the symbolisms are, they make sense. And it just all makes sense, you know? I don't see the, I don't see the, the hatred and the misogyny and the, oh, I don't know, the rules for rape and things like that, that 
go along with so many of the Abrahamic religions. Those That's what drove me away. And don't get me wrong. Most of my family and friends are in some way, shape, or form Jewish or Christian. Or it's Today's Rosh Happy Rosh Hashanah, if anybody's Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's to me, that whole religion thing is sort of like the religion is the cancer, you know, I hate the cancer, but I don't hate the victim. Well, I think I think it's interesting because if you look at if you look at religions, uh, pagan religions, um, or I guess in terms of paganism, a lot of them would be sort of spiritual practices instead of instead of religions. But I think there's there's a huge difference between re- uh, religions that were sort of built around an institution that was meant to also be government like if, if you look at the bible so much of it is about how society should be organized if you look at old testament rules. and the rules and things like that and it's it's strange because i think we sometimes forget that those are the origins of these institutional religions so we're in this country that separates church and state and yet the most popular mainstream religions come from um sort of a tradition of using religion to create rules for I, society yeah. i had that argument with my uncle who uh, he's pretty open-minded liberal guy, you know, mm-hmm. but he still considers himself a Catholic, although he can't explain why, which I've discovered most of my Catholic family don't understand their religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite honestly, yeah. I understand it so much better because when I left Catholicism, I kind of went on a quest for like, there's got to be so I loved going to church, mm-hmm. all that incense and, you know, prayers were just chanting in English. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I would have loved it even more if I was around for the Latin services and stuff. And then when I found Buddhism, I'm like, wow, look at this. They got First thing I remember was seeing a statue of Vajrayogini. It was like, wow. And my, uh, for those of you that don't know, bikini female with skulls on her head and 108 around her neck, holding a sword in one hand, and a half a skull full of blood in the other, ready to pour it into her mouth while she's standing on two guys. My kind of lady. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And she's on fire and she's a wrathful deity. And it's just everything about it. The skulls and the fire and the female form, everything. Just I was like, this is amazing. What is this? And yeah. Jampa, our our teacher at the time, my teacher at the time, was like, oh, look at that. And he noticed I had a bracelet on. He goes, look, you have a Vajrayogini mala. Uh, I didn't even know what a mala was. You yeah. know, this is my first time at that temple. Yeah. It was when they were, we were just a brownstone in Brooklyn, you know. And I had this exact, I was like, wow, they're the same exact skulls. They're, my ex had gotten it for me because she thought, oh, Tony likes skulls. I've always <laughs> had, a, I collect them. They're all over my house. I have a skull in every room. I have a Buddha in every room and I have a Boba Fett in every room, <laughs> even in the bathroom. Great, they're great. hiding somewhere, you know? Yeah. But yeah, when I found that, I was like, this imagery is perfect for me. And that's when I started listening to the philosophy and going, well, the thing that was like, if it doesn't work for you, don't use it. Mm. Wow. No religion has ever, this can't be religion. Religion yeah. doesn't tell you that. That's why to me, it's a philosophy. Same thing with anarchism. I mean, I would love to have that freedom. I would love for everybody to have that freedom. It's a great philosophy. Just like they say, communism sounds great on paper. I'm a commie too. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I, if you had to put me into anything, you know, I would fall into the socialist side of things for sure. But everything needs balance. You know, that's what I've learned from Buddhism. And I've had a hard time with that because I am a very extreme person. 
And I, I believe if you're going to do something, you do it all the way with all of your, and I still do that with whatever, but I have to find the balance in between. And that's what's, that's what Buddhism brought me, you know, that. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, you talked before about how it helps you to control your mind and um, what exactly about Buddhism or about any of the other ideas that you uh, research and explore, what, what do you think best helps you? Is it is it the element of ritual? Because ritual doesn't have to be spiritual or anything like that. What is it about these that allows you to control your mind and how has that changed your life? Well, it's basically the meditation. I went I went to Buddhism, not necessarily to become a Buddhist. I went because I was like, I was having anger issues. I was having problems with my ex-wife and, you know, and it was starting, what snapped me one day was I was getting ready for work and my youngest said something to me about the daddy and you know i got annoyed and turned around i was just like give me a minute and yelled and just tear just one single tear ran down and i was just like i gotta do something about this anger you know i and i said to my ex i, I should find a meditation class learn how to meditate or something and she found it which is amazing because we're not together anymore she found it so that i could stop being crazy and she could get the hell out <laughs> <laughs> but Ultimately, yeah, it was my ex-wife who found me the class, you know, so strange the way karma works. Um, yeah. But uh, that's another thing. I, I, I got to the point where uh, when I tried the meditation, I realized, okay, this makes sense. It calms me a little bit. It took about six or eight times before I like sat out of it and went, holy crap, was I there the whole time? Like, <laughs> and I realized like, I've learned to calm myself. That was the first yeah. step. I've learned how to like take that nervous energy and calm myself. And the first book that Jampa offered me, Jampa is a Buddhist monk, for those of you out there in Radio Land. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> he's now pretty big, high up in the ranks. Yeah, too. He's Nash pretty much. First, yeah, no, he's. Something asked me that, yeah. I think, yeah, now yeah. she's in charge of the whole like US yeah. organization of it or something. But, um, he gave me a book called How to Solve Our Human Problems, and it was basically about how to control your anger. And it was written in, I've never read anything in such plain damn English that yeah. just, yeah, why, why didn't somebody say this before? All yeah. anger is, is me looking at something and distorting what I don't like about it to the point where I get upset. And it does nothing to change anything other than make other people upset around me because I'm upset. Yeah. That to me is the karmic thing in life. Yeah, it's explained very well because I think that in the East, you know, what happens is that the wisdom traditions, the intellectual traditions uh, become hidden and you have a lot of devotional uh, bhakti and ritual, which I'm used to having grown up in a Hindu family. You know, I was used to the iconography and the, and the devotional bhajans and rituals and pujas. But then when I came to Kanapa, uh, you know, I found the, the they were bringing the uh, what they call the Yonic tradition, the intellectual, the uh, the knowledge tradition into the foreground, and that was really the attractive part that we're able to understand through our intellect a lot of things that you answered. Yeah, Claire's question for me very well. Yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. It's like what I was trying to get to is a lot of it had to do le less with the meditation but with the philosophy that went on between the meditations. Yeah. Like thinking about what is anger? Like yeah. I, I now have a definition. I, I can see this coming now. I know what to look for. I know the signs of what's going to make me angry. And I can see it coming and I can remind myself getting angry is going to hurt. 
my son, my 17-year-old son, went to some of the meditation classes way back when, um, uh, when my son was my daughter. My son is trans. So when uh, my son was about eight, went to some of the meditation for kids classes and uh, basically learned how to meditate and would do it. I, I remember walking in on accident one time in the bedroom, just put clothes away or something. And there he was just meditating in front of his little Buddha in his room. Yeah. And he was like, dad, could you knock next time, please? Uh-huh. Kids are eight years old, you know? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like, wow. And I got really pissed off one time, not too long ago, last year. He was probably 16 at the time. And he's had some problems and stuff, but you know, he's back on the right path. He's doing great, you know, but teenagers like, like everybody. And, um, basically said to me, dad, you know, uh, that whole anger thing that you got there, you know, anger is like, uh, holding onto a burning coal. You're only going <laughs> to hurt yourself. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know? I said that to you when you were like, eight. I don't even know if I was the one who said it, but I know yeah. I was taught that in Buddhism. Maybe he was taught that same thing. Mimi was his teacher. Yeah. Mimi was both of our classmates, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was my son, my karma, coming back to remind me, like, that's the reason right there that I got into all this. That's the reason I said I got to learn how to chill. And it opened up so much more to me. See, I, I look at the Buddhist thing and I go, I think philosophically I'm a little more Zen yeah. than I am um you know tibetan style yeah but the tibetans have the imagery that works for me i need something in my head to go okay i need to generate compassion because i hate that motherfucker and i gotta stop it because it's hurting me you know Mm. what i mean um so i have a specific image i can look to for that and they have explained well this image this means that, and that means, and that works for my head. Yeah. That totally works. So once I learn that, I can look at that and automatically think compassion, which puts me, so the symbolism helps trigger and train my mind. Yeah. Or, it, yeah, it still does. I mean, it continues to do it. And I've wavered where I don't meditate as much or whatever because yeah. of, I haven't in days, quite honestly, because yeah. I've had this this show I just played and I've been running around New York like a madman and, yeah. you know, being a rock star or whatever the hell I'm trying to be. You know? can, can I can I jump on the rock star bandwagon here? Because sure. uh, this I would kind of um, for both of you. So uh, I'm a I'm a poet and I'm also a, um, a therapist, a writing therapist. And just in my um, in my research and in dealing with in working with other artists, I feel like at least in poetry, there's sort of this thing about how extremes are part of inspiration and like the mad poet and the idea of inspiration. Well, so something I've been kind of um, in in my life trying to sort of debunk that that myth that creativity is madness. And I'm wondering if this sense of control and, and chillness and calm, how that has helped you in your art, because yeah. I think that. It's it's a similar kind of thing. Anger and and what we would call madness are energies that end up sort of spiraling. Right. And um, we can often feel in the moment like, oh, there's this power or energy beyond this thing that I can't control, and it's this thing inside me. But at the end of the day, um, in in my research, most artists have performed better when they are 
in sort of a calm state. Controlled. Yeah, well, actually, I was just saying to VJ before, um, he came to see me play. Uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Everybody really there, thank yeah, you. Really you know, the, yeah. the whole F-Bomb family, there's a little plug. F-Bomb is the little tribute show that goes on every month, every Saturday in Manhattan. This was the big one at the Gramercy Theater. So this, in my mind, I've played in front of more people. I've played in front of a couple thousand people when I was 19. I'm 40 some now. And uh-huh. um, I wasn't even 19. I think I was 18 when I did that. And that was nothing compared to the buzz from this, you know, because this was musicians from the New York music scene watching me, people I've gone to see, people I admire, people who I know are killer. And the people on stage with me, they're the best of the best of the best, in my opinion. And I'm not just saying that because some of them are my friends. They are phenomenal musicians. Once a month, they throw them 15 songs. First, you know, learn these 15 songs. We Two weeks. You got to have discipline for that, you know? Mm-hmm. I learned 10 songs and only felt comfortable with a few. So I, because I had my mom sick and stuff. But going back to what you asked, I meditate usually right before I go on stage. If not right within a few minutes, just to, Get the jitters down because beforehand I pace. I'll pace outside. I'll walk mm. inside. I'll go to the bathroom sixteen times and not have to go. And just <laughs> all. And then when showtime comes, I don't. I, and I can't say I'm nervous. It's not like I get butterflies. I don't. I don't get butterflies. I don't get nervous anytime I perform. And I'm not bragging. I don't understand it. I really don't. Last, I keep saying last night, Saturday night, I went out did this performance, and. I wouldn't even have a beer before the show. And sometimes I'll have a beer, but it's like I had to be on my top game. So I meditated for five, ten minutes, about ten minutes before a call, you know. So it was just 20 minutes before I went on stage. So by the time I went upstairs, I was breathing normal again. I wasn't pacing. I was set to go. Um, so I think in order to perform, as I said to you before, yeah. two beers, I feel like I play sloppy. I don't know if I do. Some guys, after two beers, go, I play better. <clears throat> You're not on the other side of that. You don't yeah. really know that. So I'm under the philosophy of if I have to put on a really good show, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be calm beforehand. But when I get out there, I'm a fucking madman because I'm, I'm like a hamster on a wheel on crack all the time. I just <laughs> yeah. I have a very high metabolism. I don't slow down. I sleep very little. I've always been this way. You know, they probably would have put me on medication if I was born just a few years later. Yeah. You know, def- definitely would have put me on medication. <laughs> <laughs> does, does this same uh, process um, also apply to if you're writing, uh, if, you're, if you're writing music, when you, when you create from scratch, do you, what kind of state do you like to be in? I can't say what kind of state I like to be in. <laughs> it, it just kind of happens. Okay. So I've, I have discovered the best stuff I've written is during the worst points of my life mm-hmm. is yeah. when I went, when I went through my divorce which lasted 15 years when I went, through, well, not quite that long, but breakups, things like that. That's when all of a sudden I'm writing. Cause I write too. When I was 20, another thing, I don't know if I even mentioned, we've known each other how long when I was uh. 25, I published my own poetry book. Have you seen oh, it? No, no. I'll give you. I have oh, a hundred yeah. copies made. Yeah, and they're all numbered. And everybody I give it to, I write. I I got one to Johnny Cash, and he read it. Uh-huh, oh my god! Cool. I, I was like, I can die now. Uh-huh. He's my hero, you know. Um, strange, you know, Johnny Cash and 
Johnny Ramon, you know? But um, you'd be surprised how similar they are. Uh, yeah, now I, I lost my train of thought because I thought yeah. about the Ramones, you know? That's yeah. I, I also had a discussion the other night about how the Ramones could totally save the world and bring world peace, but that's a totally different tangent for another day. <laughs> but also, I think that the meditation is also the meditative path of, like, integrating in all of our energies into, like, a, a more... A way in which we can express it normally in a, on a, in a, you know, usually it's like a build up, build up, build up, and then discharge. Right. And then we have like, and we, when we have that moment of, of inspiration or madness or whatever it is, it's like that's a discharge of what's been building up, you know, previously before. Whereas like meditative path and meditation allows us to, um, channel that energy so that we can express it regularly in a normal way i feel like you yeah know? i think you can tell i probably probably in the things you write i mean i've read read your book i have your yeah. book i've read other stuff you know throughout the years and sometimes you can just read something and go whoa they weren't feeling really good when they wrote that you know you yeah. can hear it and you, i can see that in my stuff what i tend to do and i left it sitting in the car i was writing right before i came in here i have one of those little moleskin books i actually have six of them because i'm always losing them so mm. i have a bunch of them that are years old and they have all different dates in them because I'm just ADHD all over the place. And uh, I'm, I, I write in it and I will put it away. I date it. I always put a date at the top. A lot mm. of times I'll put the time I start writing it. And, yeah. and then when I'm done, I'll write the time I'm done and put it a line. That's just my little thing. And I'll, I won't look at what I wrote for a week. Yeah. And I'll go back and go, I wrote that? It, I really don't even recall the words coming out. Like I said to you before, when I perform, yeah. if I'm performing my with my guitar in a band, I'm paying attention to what I'm playing, paying attention to the cues. So I'm taking all these. I don't hear what it sounds like. I hear mm. a different version of it. And it's the similar thing. You know, it's, it's, it's very similar. And as you can see, my brain is very scattered. <laughs> so meditation brings it together. When it comes to writing stuff, you can tell if... Wow, he was very focused when he wrote this. Yeah. You know, like, wow, where the hell was his brain when he wrote this? And he was really sad when he wrote this. You know, I think, I don't think you can fake that. And oh. in, I think people know if you fake yeah, the it. The emotional it landscape has to be real, right? So I it, think if you read a love song, I was probably in love when I wrote it. You know, yeah. <laughs> if, if you if you hear the scathing breakup song, it's probably. That's my method, you know what I mean? Because that's all I know. So I, I think I work good with both extremes and calm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it produces different things. It's taking the negativity of the extreme, and that's what I try to do now and go, let me focus this on my guitar. And this is one of the reasons I'm getting off Facebook in the next week or so, because... Yeah. I haven't really said it to even most of my friends and family, but I'm going to be putting together a portfolio. I'm going to start going casting calls and trying to get yeah, acting yeah. jobs. I've been for a year now doing voiceover auditions and stuff, for all kinds of fun. And I figured, you know what? I didn't think I could do a lot. Like, people, what makes you think? I, I think of what my, my mom, my stepmom, whatever you want, to, however you want to look at it. I just don't think I can't do it at this point. Mm. So, sure, I'm going to try this. I'm, so, I'm having to use the discipline to push away facebook distractions, yeah. right so i can now go i need to produce art yeah. i need to take i got crap in my head that people need to hear whether or not they want to hear it there are people out there that do and the people that don't fuck them you know yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have to listen you yeah know? but i've discovered i don't understand why that some people like 
what I do. And I don't even know what it is I really do because I do so much crap. Whatever it is yeah. I can do, I acting, uh, I've done Rocky Horror, I, I've sang it and performed it as Dr. Frankenfurter in full drag. You know, I'm an old school punk rock metalhead who plays in a 20s through 40s band. Uh, I record all kinds of music. I'm in an acoustic, sort of a Luciferian kumbaya band. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I was supposed to say about the Zen thing, connecting it back. The non-judgmental and like being able to observe and see what's going on in the kind of non-judgmental. And I got caught up in the drama. I got caught up in the the clinging to this is this is so depressing. This is so great. This is so not the extremes, but rather being able to see what it is for what it is. And right. That's all, also I'm kind of getting from what you're saying is that perspective. Kind of, yeah, too. perspective. Yeah. Uh, that's something, and it it shouldn't for all the Buddhist teachings that it's given me, perspective is something that Buddhism has given me tremendously. Yeah. And I think it's those things, road rage, back when I had road rage. And again, my son just said it recently because he's going through some, you know, like basic uh, mindfulness therapy type things. And he's throwing these things at me like, you know, oh, you can't get mad at the guy cutting you off. Who knows? You know, maybe he's rushing to the hospital for his, his yeah. kid. And I was like, I, that was the that was the example I used to use for myself because uh, yeah. I used to be the guy that if you cut me off, I would chase you down, yeah. and I mean I would beat my horn behind you. And if you got out of the car, I'd get out of the car. You know, yeah. I didn't care if my kids were in the like. That's how bad I was getting. So the the mindfulness of uh, you know my kid bringing that back to me again, saying you know like. You know, mindfulness is something I'm mindful of my surroundings, Dad. Yeah. You got to be mindful of your surroundings and the perspective of other people that they don't see it the way you see it. So maybe you got to stop and try to see it from their point of view. Yeah. You know, like maybe that guy is just an asshole. But you know what? Again, if I get mad at him for cutting me off, I'm only hurting myself and then probably endangering people on the road, yeah. <laughs> you know? So try to see it from a different perspective where maybe that person just needs to go, let him go, yeah. you know? So, and then I see my other friends with their set perspective, which most people have. I mean, me too. I have it in so many ways. And I try to get them to see it another way and they just can't or they won't or whatever. And it's frustrating to me because that's one of my things is I always try to see from everybody's point of view. And that's yeah. kind of why I feel like I, I can get along with almost anybody unless they really hate me. <laughs> Because I try to see it from their point of view. You know, everybody has got something to contribute. You know, they say about, um, you know, seeing you believe it, but also if you believe something, you'll see it. So I think that your, what you, what your kind of the constructs or the frameworks in which you're coming from will be what you see in the world. So I think that's something to say about it. Well, well, about, yeah. The, the mind, yeah. uh, mind creates everything. It's right. Creative it, everything. Yeah. Right. And, and again, yeah. you see, going back to what I said before, I don't take all those things to be literal. Yeah. Like people so have said that to me, like, well, your Buddhism says your mind just creates this and nothingness. No. And it's like, yeah. no, you see, you haven't really studied yeah. what it said. You yeah. know, emptiness, God, that we could do a whole on, series yeah, about, on, that. about that. But yeah. yeah um, what was what was the yeah. term you just said? Uh, just there? When you see, when you see things, you when you believe something, you'll see it. Right. right so right. also like with a ice cube tray, for example, I was thinking about this analogy. Like you know, you use so, the ice cube tray to create the ice. You know, you don't like fixate on the ice cube tray. You're trying to get the ice. You know, so like any framework of understanding is to create the realizations that you're reaping. So it's like you're really focused on the realization, the experience that you're 
you know, the ice or how right, functionally right. how you're using it and the experience, life experience you're putting in, you're getting the realizations out of that framework. But the framework is not as important as... Right, you know, right, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So perspective of... Of all that, and I, I use the book one a lot of times too with people when they when they don't understand um, what what I'm talking about from the different perspectives and and what is emptiness. That's kind yeah. of what taught me perspective is the Buddhist concept of emptiness, which doesn't mean we don't exist. You know, it, yeah. it's 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 again more of a symbolic thing to me that you know just you have to understand that you only perceive it this way because that's the way you were brought up. You know, I try to remember that certain people, even those that are in high levels of government, were just raised knowing nothing but being a rich, spoiled fucking brat. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here's three million dollars. Oh, is that all I get, daddy? I'm going to do something all by myself with this three million dollars you've gave me. You know what I mean? Like when you're brought up in that world and you're sheltered like siddhartha you know never let outside of the 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 castle grounds to see the starving and the poor and you're just told they're starving and poor because because they're dumb or they're lazy or what if that's all you're fed your whole life i'm gonna think you're an asshole but it's not necessarily your fault yeah you know and and i think that um goes it also goes back to the uh when you believe it you see it kind of thing because and, and this is something that for artists is is very important too because one thing that I notice about assholes in general um, uh, is that I am one by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, you're you're you don't you don't stink as much as other people. <laughs> so, but there's there's this we perpetuate our own belief systems and yeah. it's really difficult to have new experiences. Definitely, and it closes us off to the world. And I think part of what people forget is we're not going to like every experience we have, but we have to be open to having them if we're ever going to change and get out of a writer's block or um or just learn and move forward learning is is painful and we have to allow ourselves to change to overcome being so attached to our beliefs that we lose sight of the other things around us um that might might be totally new and might be horrible but at the same time our beliefs can grow and change um, and we don't lose them if we just set them aside and look at something else for a little while. You're, yeah. You know, that is that is perfect. And while you were saying that, I was just doing the analogy again of this is why I'm leaving Facebook. Yeah. Because of the algorithms yeah. basically doing what you said. They're giving me what I believe. Feedback and just, Right. Yeah. It's just telling me, yeah, Tony, you're right about all that bullshit. Yeah. And some of that bullshit, I – no, I don't – if all of my friends think this band sucks – I'm probably never even going to listen to that band. And I might love that band because I listened to Die Antwerp. I decided I have no more guilty pleasures. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm over uh-huh. 40. If I like something, I like it. If all of my friends thinks it sucks, don't listen to it. Yeah. This yeah. is my car. Maybe I'll be nice and I won't put it on. But, you know. Yeah. That, right, but why I, not? They'll never hear it otherwise. Right. Uh-huh. They, can, exactly. they can kind of, you know, not be entertained. We don't always have to be entertained. And that's another thing that... Facebook and just social media and our attachment to all of these electronic things. It's like we're always looking for outside entertainment. And if we're uncomfortable mentally for more than four minutes at a time, it's like, let me change the screen. Oh, now. yeah. We don't. Yeah. Four minutes. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I'm I, an optimist. Yeah, very, very. You're the optimist. I, I'm a re- Some people have called me a pessimist. I just, you know, I'm just a realist, you know, yeah. 
yeah. unfortunately, realism seems a little pessimistic at times, but I try to put the optimistic spin on it. Yeah. Except yeah. that, except that if you're open to things, I, I feel like that is that fosters optimism because pessimism in, in, in reality, good things do happen. Oh, every, and, and yeah, every so day. I, it's yeah. always it's always strange to me that there's to me, the default is kind of optimism, because even if you are in a totally miserable place, it's something good happening is sort of as likely as something bad happening often. Uh, and we have a lot of power over that. Right. So yeah. if we, we can control things, that. Yeah. We can control we, whether we can, or not we're pissed. Right. And we can control how the energy we put out into the world. But basically, there are things that we can always do to improve our situation and they might be big and they might be small, but it it's that I think is what the term empowering is. It's when we realize that we have agency and, and music, right. Music Mm -hmm. art, that's it. Art saves. And it's true. Honestly, I've been playing guitar. I started taking lessons when I was six. I got, this is, this is my acoustic over here, but um, I have uh, an electric Stratocaster. The one I played at the show that I've had that since I was eight years old. Okay. Like I, I've been playing guitar for a long, long time. And over those, I forgot the point I was getting out of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> Music saves. Well, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saves. Yeah. It has saved my life. It literally has saved my life. There have been times where I felt like I had nothing. Like my dad died and, you know, like whatever, whether it was breakups or I, I did something bad and, you know, hurt one of my friends or or I'm all alone and in a strange city. My guitar was always there i yeah. always had if you ever heard that billy joel slash ray charles song I no love, is that slash or backslash backslash <laughs> <laughs> uh the the ray charles billy joel song uh, uh baby grand it's about how yeah. their piano is always there for them and it that was my guitar it saved my life having that spirituality that's what that was for me when i was before buddhism when i was just an agnostic you know like i I didn't have ritual and I longed for it. And I didn't even know I longed for it until I had it again. It was like the chanting and the statues. And now I can do my own rituals at home. And yeah. when I need it, I can go to it. But I, it's not forced on me like Catholicism felt. Like here's the, you know, here's the numbered envelope you put your weekly donation in. It can, you don't have to use it, right? But you're right. keeping track of the numbers, <laughs> right? You know, things like that. So, uh, you know. Your next question before I take yeah, up, the, I'll before, take up the whole thing. We'll get to yeah. a song, but I just yeah, want to say, that's what I was going to say. Segue into music. Now. Right. <laughs> but, I just want to quickly say one quick yeah. thing that, uh, like, I think there are limits to how much, you know, you're talking about perspective and how in, in the show you have a different realization uh, opposed to the audience. So there's no limits to how much we know about what's best for us and how our thinking can dead end. So sometimes those breakthrough moments when they cause suffering or those painful moments can be breakthrough moments where we, um, achieve a you know a different way of linking, way of thinking about the problem. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, uh, and and expect different results. That's right? Something, yeah. Uh, Einstein, so, yeah, right? yeah. 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 Einstein <laughs> said that. Yeah. yeah. So, right. it, yeah. It's I, I know exactly what you're saying. Right. Yeah. That it's it's one of those things where right you, you have to new experiences. Yeah. And if you have to take something bad and make it good. Yeah. And that's what I try my best to do with everything. You know, I try to have that perspective of, well, the car broke down and I don't have any money, but 
I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. I just saw my kids, you know, yeah. like, okay, I got this going. I tried to do yeah. that. It doesn't what, what work doors, some Sometimes they'll open up, but let's, let's listen to a song now. Why don't oh, we go to the song? Yeah. Well, I, we I, haven't yeah. been, oh, yeah. we need this entertainment because yeah. it's been over four minutes and we yeah. <laughs> play for yeah. us, please. Oh my God. I, lost, <laughs> I already lost my See, I always tell everybody, I have a, a seven-year-old guitar student and she is, there it is. I, I explained to her. This this studio, by the way, is is cursed for guitar picks. Apparently, everything. So it's not your fault. There, when, there when are just gremlins and trolls pick, in here. That yeah. When you when you drop a guitar pick, it goes to the same place that all the left socks go in the washer. <laughs> it's like it, there's a vortex or something that opens up somewhere between here and the floor, and it just woof, and yeah. it disappears. Car, I, car keys too. I, yeah. Yeah. I keep them chained to me. My wallet's <laughs> usually chained to me. Too. That's the kind so of person I You need to invent a pick yeah. chain. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good idea. That'd I actually idea. had like uh, something to stick up. Let me take a sip of this because I've been talking a lot. <clears throat> I've been awake a lot. And as I was telling VJ, I sang lead vocals on Saturday. Yeah. First time I ever sang in front of anybody without a guitar in my hand. How and was I that? Was, I was... I don't remember it. I really, I, I remember walking out and I just remember all the crap that went through my head for the four seconds walking up to that microphone. Like, I've never done this before. I'm used to having a guitar in my hand. Am I the kind of singer that holds the mic? Am I the kind of singer that plays with the mic stand? Do I use the mic stand? All this in seconds was going through my head and I'm like, I better put the mic stand away or I'm gonna hurt myself. That's the kind of guy. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be the guy that tries to do some Mick Jagger thing, come back, split my head open with the microphone, pass out in front of 500 people. You know, that would be my luck. So I'm like, <laughs> just uh -huh. get everything away from me. But again, perception. Yeah. I walked out with, with my rock and roll and my confidence. All those people not knowing this is the first time he's ever done this shit, uh -huh. you know? And yeah. I've got the first three lines of, you know, every verse written on a piece of paper that I put down next to my water and that's behind the monitor. The crowd can't see that. So from their perspective, I know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> but from my perspective, I'm faking this. You know yeah. what I mean? And it went well. But again, the perspective thing of it was a totally different thing for me than from the other side. And since I've been on the other side, I can understand that. Most of those people in the crowd haven't seen my perspective, yeah. may never see my perspective. I can explain it to them, but when you do that with certain things, it kind of kills the magic. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like, you know, explaining how Dumbo flies or something. <laughs> you know, you just don't do those things. Well, when you had told me that uh, I could play, I was like, okay, this is great. What am I going to play? Yeah. Um, because I've been learning all these other songs. That's a different cue in my head. That that That's the 12 songs I learned in three weeks and then disposed of and never remember. Like the songs I played on Saturday, I have uh. no clue how to play them today. <laughs> no clue. They were in my head for three weeks. They're gone. Yeah. You know, I, my original band, Peaches and Crime, they uh, we have 42 originals, 45 original songs. I still use chord sheets and stuff because there's only 12 notes and there's 45 songs. So I'm going to get them mixed up because I'm also learning these songs and I'm in this. So I tend to always have like some sort of little cheat sheet on stage. And I personally don't care if people see it, you know, yeah. Billy Joel sat in front of me and performed with a book of his lyrics saying like, you know, I've written a lot of songs over 30 years. I can't keep them first verse versus third. So I always have my phone or something here and I'm going to hope that, uh, cause I have not even tried. <laughs> I haven't warmed up or anything, which is uh, fine because uh, I'm a professional, uh, right? Uh, this is what I said about faking it. Uh, um, 
but I haven't performed this song in months. But when VJ said, hey, you know, a song was like, what song kind of sums me up? And I never thought about that other than I want Rain Dogs and uh, and uh, not Jockey Full of Bourbon. Uh, uh, now it's el- eluding me. Another Tom Waits song played at my funeral. I consider uh-huh. Rain Dogs to be like one of my like Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Maybe uh, I, just, <laughs> I just started learning that. I just started. learning. I know more Tom Waits and Johnny Cash songs than any other artists. Like they're my two favorite favorites tom waits is my hero he is my he is my songwriting (laughs) genius hero Mm -hmm. i love i see if i would have known that i would have thought of a tom waits oh that's okay Uh, i do a slow painful (laughs) version of i don't want to grow up which that becomes a very sad song when you slow it down yeah and that's something my ex used to say to me she's like no i I like your music it's just all so sad i said but Uh, sad songs make me feel better I yeah. get it out. It's that cathartic, again. Cathartic, Right. Yeah. It's that like that using process, the negative yeah. to make the positive, you know, yeah. and sometimes when you're in the negative, you got to feed it a little to get the positive. And yeah. that's like, you know, if I'm in a bad mood or I'm in a sad mood, if I play a sad song, instead of getting sadder, I feel better, you know, so it kind of works in a polar way. But the song I thought of immediately was like, what sums me up? Because we were talking about, you know, Buddhism and my atheism and how I'm an anarchist by theory, you know, realistic. I have to participate in the democracy, you know, because it's there. I'm anarchy is not going to be here tomorrow, but the philosophies behind it, I can get behind and I can try to teach and apply those however I can. Same thing with Buddhism, same thing with anything, with music, with whatever. Um, And I thought like when I was at Occupy Wall Street, I was one of those crazy bastards too, you know, um, I remember the only sign I ever made. I wasn't a sign guy. I wasn't one of the guys that held the sign. The only sign I ever made was lyrics from, and of all things, a Bruce Springsteen song, which Rage Against the Machine had covered. To I like Springsteen and Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Was just one of an amazing guitarist that I've always loved and tried to emulate at one point. Um, and the song is The Ghost of Tom Joad. Which is, uh, is, it, is it the Grapes of Wrath? Is it, wow, is it good? Tom Joad is... Uh, Tom Joad, yeah, I think it's Yeah, the Grapes of Wrath, yeah, right? So, yeah. And I'm like, that was... Uh, actually, I got the lyrics here because, uh, like I said, I always have a, a bad time remembering lyrics. But what I had written, and I think it's a very important line, it's about how you will see things from a different perspective. How you can look at somebody who's starving and see me in that. Yeah. Because... I'm going to be there with that person, standing with them to help them. And it's a song about compassion, I think, in my opinion. It's a song about caring, but it's also that song about, like, I'll stick my neck out even if I don't know you sort of thing. And that's kind of what I try to do, like, in life, sort of, kind of, sort of. Stick your neck outism. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know how well here. Let me see if I can... Just talk for a minute while I adjust myself, EJ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds so, bad. Yeah, yeah, use your imagination, uh-huh. listener. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, yeah, all adjusted there. Okay, no, I, I just want to, I want to be able to have, uh, have some lyrics rolling through here, so, because I will forget lyrics. I haven't had much sleep this weekend. Like I said, I had a huge yeah. show. I spent all day yesterday with my son, which was great. We went and visited my grandmother, who's in a home out in Long Island. I went and visited my former bass player who I consider my brother. So I've had long days. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not practiced, but I'm going to do this anyway because I'm a professional uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm an artist. And that's something I've only just accepted. Like 
I'm an artist. I'm a <laughs> damn it. I'm a songwriter. Yeah. You know, I write songs. I I I never thought I was only because again perspective. Yeah. Once I decided, I can sing. Holy shit! I sang lead vocals at the Gramercy Theater the other night because yeah. a year ago I was like, no, I can do that, and they're like, okay. I was like, what the fuck did I just do? You know, like, <laughs> and I, they heard me singing when he's good enough. You know, and we got to this point. They're like, you can do a, a song. I couldn't believe it. Because as I said, I'm looking at all these great musicians in F-Bomb and they're phenomenal. How the hell am I up here with them? You know, how did I fake it that good that I got up here? They put me on these stage thinking I'm even close to these people. You know what I mean? So okay. here, here's me giving you my rendition of the last minute definition of Tony. Sure, sure. Let's see how it goes. See how loud my men walk along the railroad tracks. Going someplace and there's no going back. Highway patrol chopper coming up over the ridge. Hot soup and a campfire under the bridge. Show the line stretching around the corner.
There's a fight against the blood and hatred in the air Look for me, Mom, I'll be there Wherever somebody's fighting for a place to stand For a decent job or a helping hand Wherever somebody's struggling to be free Look in their eyes, Ma, you'll see me Look in their eyes, Ma, you'll see me Look in their eyes, Ma, you'll see me Well, the highway is alive tonight Everybody's knowing where it goes But I'm sitting down here in the campfire lights Waiting on the ghost of Tom Again, that's like with no sleep, no warm up. <clears throat> and I haven't Excellent. honestly played that song in, oh God, months. I don't yeah. even really know. But when you yeah. said that, I was like, oh, that would be the song, I think, because yeah. that it was that last verse that I had written on that sign wherever there's a cop beating a guy, wherever. No, actually, no, it was the, the second part. Uh, 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 when somebody's fighting for a place to stand for a decent job or a helping hand, when somebody's struggling to be free, look in their eyes, Ma, you'll see me. That's great. It's That's great. sort of also like, here's me trying to help other people to enlightenment, if you want to use that kind of word, you know, like. And yeah, that's pretty arrogant of me to say in some ways, but you know, all of my socio-political views are not right for everybody. But I know? think that definitely <laughs> we have artists creating symbols that we can meditate on, that we have uh, artists as the new gurus or whatever, or gurus that we can look them on and have that relationship where we, we look at their writings as symbols for meditation and symbols that we can really, you know, take to heart. I, I know John Steinbeck's at the end, you know, the build up in Grapes of Wrath to the end where he's like, you know, is very powerful. And using that in this song, you know, the artist using this song is like, it amplifies the certain right. aspects. You know, how and and it kind of also yeah. with the, the fake it till you make it thing. I mean, if we even if in our head, we're kind of like, wow, the world sucks mm -hmm. and I hate everybody. If you fake being nice to people, you're still kind of being nice to you people. Are being yeah. And people. and we we aspire to things. So From their by saying Yeah, exactly. But but when we aspire to be better people, when we say, Okay, this is great. I wish I were that person who is the the helpful one who uh I wish I were this person who whom I am so proud of. Then if we act like that, we become that person. Yeah. Are you and how, Yeah. <laughs> I, how we co-create the world is very much, uh, at the very least, if we can't see how we create the world, see how we co-create the world. So when we think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this or I'm that, we're actually putting that energy out there and we're, we're manifesting that. You know? Right. You, you know, actually, yeah. again, my, my other band, Peaches and Crime, now all I do is really play guitar, mandolin, banjar. I just got a banjar. It's just basically a guitar with a banjo body. It's, don't, have to learn oh, cool. a, don't have to learn a new instrument, yeah. you know, but same, same thing, but sounds like a banjo. Um, and I do background vocals, but uh, the lead vocalist writes all the music and her husband, who's like the MC, because we're this big troupe, 
we do also do murder mysteries and burlesque, you know, original murder mysteries. I just got the new script. So this is, I think that's, I'm not sure when we're going to perform that. But they write the stuff and I perform it. But we have a song called Self-Made Man. Yeah. And the way Daniel, who, who uh, goes as Danny Black, we all have pseudonyms in Peaches and Crime. I'm Muggsy the Greek. I'm supposed to be like an old school rum runner, like, wait. Oh, that worked. Collection uh-huh. agent, you know, uh-huh. so to speak. Wow, that knuckle thing worked. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we, he always says about the, the great myth. This song is about the great myth of yeah. something that doesn't exist, which is the self-made man, because nothing, nothing, no one can do anything without everything else. Everything is interconnected in some way, yeah. you know. That goes back to the emptiness. Yeah, and the Buddhist that we didn't even theory. have a self. Like, we're just right. not there is self. No I. Yeah. There's there is no, no spoon, I. Yeah. You know, we there... think about the higher self, but then we realize the ultimate higher self is that the disappearance of the self, the disappearance of the ego, of the of the individual identity, separate from the whole. You know, right? And yeah. and you can't be without everyone else without everyone else you know like even even if you want to be yeah you know people yeah right you know you didn't kill the cow that you know that that you're eating and you didn't build the building that you're living in and so no you could not survive on your own yeah you know like right and and in the closer units of friends and family and stuff like that we do feed off of one another yeah because you know whether it's with friends or with lovers or whatever i'm sure we've all felt that when we're with certain people certain emotions come and yeah and you, they say that you can tell uh, who you are by who you associate with so that's also kind of part of it because you're created by the people you associate with how who you are becomes like you know, part of that because you can't separate the two. You know, that must be why I have yeah. like multiple personalities going. On. <laughs> well, as I, was saying before, like, I try to. I I could be friends with just about anybody. You yeah. know, and I I like that because I think even that asshole, I got something to learn from him. Every time I play with anybody, they can they can be somebody who doesn't know anything. I'm going to learn something, whether it's through me teaching them or so. Anytime I play an instrument with somebody. I'm learning something by trying to take on their perspective or, or something to that degree. And like yeah. you were talking about with your son, sometimes when we are with people who are supposedly novice and something we already know, they remind yeah. us of the basics that we can forget. I've always said he's he's the emanation of Buddha for me. You know, yeah. he's the one that's there to kick me in the like that's the reason I started meditating. You know, he's the one that brings up every now and then hey dad you're being a schmuck you're right <laughs> sorry dad, right. I'm being, you're right as for illustration of the karmic loop because you know like w- what you're putting out is revisiting you later and and in this way a positive right. loop you know you're putting out some positive energy and then she, uh, he's gifting it to you later as positive energy you know and that's that's like the karmic thing again where i don't believe in the literal thing it's like if if I kill a bug that I don't believe it's literally going to mean that I'm going to be reborn as a bug and somebody's going to yeah. kill me, you know, like particularly the, the whatever the mind or soul yeah. that was in that bug is no, going to have no. to kill me, but something yeah. and it'll all work. I don't believe in it that literally. That's like grasping at specifics. The grasping. At right. The, it's the really like the, the, almost assuming that all these things really exist independent of your mind, but actually it's all meshed up into the mind. You know? Right. So, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. that's just, yeah, that's that's oops, my guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that that's you know a way to look at it. That's we have four minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it's fifty eight for a second. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there goes. Yeah, yeah. Doo, doo, train of thought. Yeah. Let the station oh, sorry, without me again. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I get distracted easy. Oh, look a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's what happens when I, I told you, I'm at that age where I, I look at all my friends and the ones that are a little bit older are all on medication because we're getting older and all yeah. the ones that are younger are on medication for ADHD. And it's like, <laughs> if I was born, probably just, they would have been shoving pills down my throat. So I'm yeah. glad they didn't because I might not have become the crazy musician and have this energy that I have to do these things. Like when, I, sure when I was running a business and going yeah. to Buddha classes and I was in a band and raising two kids and had yeah. a wife and... That's a lot of shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm 40, I'm 40, whatever, and I still do it. So, yeah, Yeah. I think it's all helped me because. It's all been there for a reason. I've learned to focus it. You've become the product of what what has happened and 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 a very good product. You know, and the karmic thing, if if you act like an asshole, people are going to treat you like an asshole. Yeah. And if you're nice, that doesn't mean you're always going to have everything nice, you know. But if you look at it that way you know like how could you not be mad that that guy cut you off he's getting the better no i i win because i'm not upset me getting pissed off isn't gonna help me mm. and yeah. so yeah the karmic thing is yeah not literal at all to me <laughs> there's the atheist in me killing the buddhist you yeah, know like, yeah, well, just, but, that's, yeah. but it, we can look at, at any kind of, of teaching as all just a, a mental exercise something to reflect on and by questioning things we still learn from that question everything that's, and I've said that to my kids and it's rough when your kids are growing up and you teach them to be independent thinkers and, you know, and you teach them that, you know, look, I don't believe in, in God or this or that, but when my kid wanted to go to church, see, go for it. You know, you want to go to synagogue with your friend, go for it. Done all that, you know, been to Buddhist stuff with me, kind of has an idea of where he is spiritually now. That's cool. Everybody has their own thing. Just don't shove it down my throat. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you t- that's the other thing about Buddhism real quick before you got to go yeah. is that it's not a preaching religion. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a preaching guy. You want to talk about, I'll talk about anything. I, as you can tell, I will talk <laughs> about anything you want to talk about. If you're going to be offended by it, don't bring it up because I'll yeah. talk about it. You know what I mean? I, if you want to know how I feel about religion, I will tell you oh, no holds barred, but Buddhism doesn't say you have to believe this. It says, yeah. if you want to yeah, take, it's, it's, take from it what you need, you know, I think it's very tailored to like, like medicine to tell it to the individual's path on the journey. So that for the, if you're in this position, then you need this kind of technique or um, a teaching. But if you're in another position, sometimes the opposite technique or teaching exactly. might be helpful for you. Exactly, yeah. right. So that's a great place. I'm going to do a couple quick announcements. Um, today is 9-10. So uh, Ben Talks Live is happening in the Pine Box Rock Shop. So if you want to join uh, um, uh, another show uh, doing a live weekly talk show, Ben Talks, in front of a live audience, They'll be giving their unfiltered hilarious and sometimes controversial opinions about the latest trending topics. Uh, you can go to uh, Um Also, Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to announce that we have been partially funded to start an after-school program for local teenagers. Woo. So uh, definitely check out readyfreebrooklyn.org uh, slash afterschool. So cool, cool. So uh, this has been Radio Free Brooklyn. One uh, quick plug. One pl- yeah, go All ahead. Right, go uh, ahead yeah. Facebook.com slash peaches and crime or slash tony three official that's i i i three is in roman numeral that's me personally plus i'm also radii r-a-d-i-i and what the heck's the other one jack punk tree and the urban hillbillies i got my pedals and all those and come to an f-bomb if you're in new york every saturday last week 